church would live on. Trust you all out there. You've all had a good day. Weather's been fantastic, hasn't it? My word for the end of September. We're just going to give everybody a, a couple of minutes to, to log on and to, to get themselves settled and sorted out. Hopefully you've got a nice cup of hot chocolate or tea or coffee like I have. Got a pen and a, and a piece of paper or something to make notes on. Write down the scriptures, guys. Write down the scriptures and go meditate on them for yourselves afterwards. I tell you what, I think I've got some really beautiful scriptures here tonight to, to take away and go and meditate on. God's word is life. God's word is life. It brings life. It brings hope. So um, get comfortable. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we will give everybody another minute or two to dial in. Ah, that's nice. While we're waiting, just want to give a plug for the men's and the ladies' fellowships. So as you all know, <clears throat> pardon me, as things still stand, we can still meet in groups of six. And last month we met. The, the men's fellowship met with um, Byron, took us all to a place in um, was called the uh, Wellies, out near um, Levant. And we had a great breakfast and a great time of fellowship. And um, the ladies also got together, six of the ladies got together, <coughs> excuse me, frog in my throat tonight, and um, had a really good time as well. So men's, we're, we're getting together again the first Saturday um, of October. I think the first one is fully booked now, but if you'd like to come along, please let me have your details, let me know, and then we can make sure that we facilitate another group um, and more meetings and follow-ups so that we can we can look after everybody, okay? So it's important that we know who wants to come so that we know how many how many groups to, to make. I'm just going to try and move this camera a little bit so hopefully it's not all going to fall over. I think that's a bit better. Okay, um, and of course prayer groups as well. Prayer groups, if you're not in the prayer group, get into the prayer group. They, they, we are really seeing answers to prayer on a weekly basis. We've got two prayer groups on a Thursday, one at 7 p.m., which Terry's leading, doing a brilliant job. The other 8 p.m., Tanya's leading, again, doing a fantastic job. And um, we're really seeing prayers answered on a weekly basis. Come along, get involved with your church, get involved in the, in the prayer teams. And um, on the 30th of this month, the prayer teams are going to get together, a gathering together. Can you believe it? Um, and um, we're going to get together and pray in the community center. But please, you need to be a part of that prayer group. So let us know and come along. Okay, got to get registered. We've got to register to do this. All right. All righty. Cool. Well, it's 3 minutes 23. So I reckon... That's been polite. We've waited long enough. Let's get cracking. So this week, we are continuing on with the series on the fruit of the Spirit. And last week, we looked at, um, we went over the, the foundations um, to the fruit in the Spirit. And we looked at the fact that um, we, would be the, we need to walk in the Spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, to produce the fruit of the Spirit. That we can't walk in the flesh. And we looked at the difference between the, the flesh and the spirit. 
If you didn't listen to it, please go back and listen to it. Um, but tonight we're going to kick off into the first of those nine fruits of the Spirit. And um, the first one is love, as you know. So, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Um, Galatians 5, 22. Give you a couple of seconds to get your Bibles there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Sorry, I'm just going to move this camera again. It's, it seems to be shifting all the time. Okay. Against such there is no law. This is the fruit of of the Holy Spirit. This isn't something that we produce ourselves, but this is fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the evidence of, of walking in the Spirit, <clears throat> that that life that has been formed, that nature of Christ that has been formed inside of us starts becoming evident and we bear good fruit. We bear this fruit out. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not something we have to try and produce ourselves. Okay, we just walk with God, walk in the Spirit. And we will produce this stuff. So tonight we're going to look at love. And I think this is just such a timely series and such a timely message. You know, the word says that in the end days, and I do believe we are there now, that the love of many will grow cold. And I think we're living in such a time. Um, so I think this is really a timely message. So tonight we are going to look at the love of God, the fruit of the Spirit, that is love. Now, love is the initial evidence of the work of the Spirit in our lives. It's the initial evidence of walking in the Spirit, walking with God, obedient to God, being a disciple of Jesus. It's one of the initial evidences, the first fruit that's mentioned. If we looked at 1 Corinthians 13, you know, everybody has that at their wedding. Um, it'll tell you that love is patient, love is kind. Well, we see the fruit of the Spirit. There is, there is patience. My new King James calls it long-suffering, but it's patience, there's kindness. Love is the foundation of all of this stuff. So, let's, let's kick off then. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 down to 11. 1 John 4, verse 7 down to 11. Turn there in your Bibles. Really great if you've got your, your bricks and mortar Bible, as Sandy calls it, your paper Bible, I would call it. Um, but have your Bible in front of you and turn there and see it in your own Bible. It's really good. Uh, 1 John 4, not the Gospel of John, but the book of John, 1 John. It's right at the back before the book of Revelation. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. For he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the, propiti the propitiation or the substitute for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So God is love. God is love. Love is the motivation. Love is the bedrock for this whole relationship, this Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. Everything God has done 
is because of love. God is love. It's not something that he, that he does. It's something that he is. If we look back in the book of Genesis, God created man in his own image. God created us in his image. What, what was that? Not, not physically, but an image. In, in, in the fact that we are spirit being. God is spirit and we are spirit. And he created us for fellowship. Do you remember when, when God said to Adam, he brought all the animals that he created, he let them go before Adam, and Adam gave them names. And, but it's, there was none found that Adam could have fellowship with, because none were on his level. So God created him woman, and he saw it, he said, wow, man. So we just call her woman. But it was someone on his equal that he could have fellowship with. Well, God created us for fellowship. Yes, of course, God is so much superior to us. I'm not saying that. But he created us for fellowship because he loves us. There's that lovely account in the garden there when, where God is walking. It says he's walking in the cool of the day and he calls to his, to his man Adam, 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 where are you? And this seems to be the habit of God that he would go and walk in the cool of the day with his man Adam and, and have fellowship with him. This is the, the purpose of creation, church. This is why we exist. Everything from Genesis to Revelation is because of love. When Jesus returns to, 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 to bring us back to himself in, in the book of Revelation on that white horse, because of love. The whole thing is love. This whole relationship is founded and based on this one thing, love. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13 then, and let's have a look at it, verses 1 to 3. Paul says that without this love, we have nothing. We are nothing without this love. So let's have a look at those first three verses of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13. I'll just give you a second or two to get there. 1 Corinthians 13. Okay, so reading from verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Ouch. Ow, <laughs> that is not nice. That, that I have become superficial. I have become hollow. It doesn't matter if I can speak in the tongues of angels, but if I don't have love, I am superficial. I have a form without substance. I am hollow. Oh, church, we don't want to be hollow people. We want to be people of substance. We want to be people of substance. Verse 2. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Another ouch. God is not impressed with how much scripture I can quote to him or you. That is not what impresses God. That is not what pleases God. Faith should please God. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith it's impossible to please God so we could know that Faith pleases God because faith honors God. That's why it's pleasing to God. You see, it's like God was in the room and he said something to me. He said, Chris, here's my word. And he gave me his word. And then he left the room. And the circumstances have now changed and the economy has now changed. But I choose and I, to, to say, Jesus, my circumstances don't line up with your word. My experiences don't line up with your word. But, but Lord, you said... And that's good enough for me. Now that is called faith. And that is what honors God. The Galatians 5 verse 6, I think we were touching it last week, says that faith works by love. Without that love, that faith is of no value to God. But it ought to be. So let's make sure 
we are, we are digging into this, this topic, this aspect of love. Verse 3. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Same thing. Same thing. We can give everything away. God said, burnt offering and sacrifices, you had no delight. God wants our hearts. God wants us to be people of love. Now, we find four, four Greek words to describe this word love. Um, there's eros, which is, which is the cupid, that romantic kind of love. Now, we don't find that in the New Testament, but I just want to mention it so that we don't be, be confused. We, we're not talking about a romantic love, and I think you know that anyway. There's another love called storge, which we do find in the New Testament. It's mentioned four times, and it's that maternal love. It's a family love, storge. There's phileo, which is a friendly love or a brotherly love. But the love that we're talking about, the, the love that is the fruit of the Spirit is agape, A-G-A-P-E, agape. God's unconditional divine love. This is the fruit of the Spirit. It, is, it means affection, goodwill, love, benevolence. And it's synonymous with things like kindness and generosity and compassion. It is always active. It is always a deliberate and intentional choice. 1 John 4, 9, we read there. In 1 John 4, in verses 9 and 10, we read, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. It's tangible, it's visible. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the substitute for our sins. God's love was a deliberate, eyes wide open kind of love. Not, not, a, not, not, not thinking we're something that we aren't. God was very aware of who we were and our failings. But He chose to love us. It wasn't warm, fuzzy feelings. It was a, it's a love of choice. But just because it's a love of choice, just because it's this, it's this intellect, int intentional rather love, doesn't make it a cold and unfeeling love. Not at all. When this love of God comes into our lives, it takes hearts of stone and turns them into hearts of flesh. It makes the coldest heart warm. He brings warmth and heat and passion into our lives again. This love of God changes us from the inside out, and it's unconditional. One of the first fruits, one of the first evidences, I believe at least, of God's love in our lives is found in Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. And I'll read it to you if you haven't got time to get there. Romans 8, verses 15 and 16 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And he continues on and he says, And if children and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But I believe this, this, this initial evidence of, of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, that we are children of God, that we've been adopted and made children of God, is one of the initial evidences of, of the love of God in our lives. John says in 1 John 3, 1 John 3, 1, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. What manner of love 
the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. God engaged us. It was not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the substitute for our sins. And He comes into our lives and gives us a heart of flesh for a heart of stone and changes us through His love, through His acceptance. This love of God is powerful. It's not a wishy-washy, hippie love. It is powerful, church. And we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to abide in this love. We want, we want this, this, this fruit of the Spirit. We want this evidence of the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. We want this, this love to be evident in our lives. But we can't bear evidence of something that we don't have. Fruit is grown. You remember lemon tree, little lemon, more mature lemon, right? It's growing. We know that fruit isn't started fully developed. It has to be growing. And we need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is a supernatural love. It's not something that we conjure up ourselves. It is a supernatural love. And yet, we still need to cooperate with God. It's still not going to be evident through our lives unless we are cooperating with God. And walking in the Spirit. You can't walk in the flesh and have the fruit of the Spirit manifest in your lives. It's not that kind of supernatural. But as we do the natural, God has the super. As we do our part, God brings His part. And He makes it a reality in our lives, church. So there's two aspects I want to look at tonight. Of how we're going to grow the Spirit. How we're going to cooperate is perhaps a more accurate way of saying it. How are we going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit that this fruit can be, can be evidenced in our lives, that we can bear this good fruit? And the first one is that we've got to get a reality of God's love into our hearts. We've got to abide in it because we can't give away what we don't have. We've got to abide in this love, get the reality into our hearts. And second, we've got to give it away. God never called us to be a swamp. He called us to be a channel of blessing to the world. We're supposed to be like that, that, just imagine like a hose pipe from heaven, this great big hose pipe. We're meant to stay clean and pure so that the, the love of God can flow from, from heaven through us and straight out to the world. We don't want that thing cluttered up with, with problems and strife and, and envy and the flesh. And we don't want to hold on to it for ourselves. It's meant to go through us. So we're going to, we're going to tonight, we're going to look at these two aspects. Get the reality of the love of God into our hearts and our minds. And then second, how do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit that we give it away? So first one, the Word of God. The Word of God. Ephesians, the first three chapters, I just reckon, but we're not going to read them all tonight. We haven't got time. Please do yourself a favor. Go and study them. Don't just read them casually. Study them. Meditate on them. Let that sink into your hearts. The love of God. There, there's just so much. It's such a beautiful book. But particularly those first three, three chapters, I would say, of the book of Ephesians. And right now, I just want to look at a, a few verses from there. And in Ephesians, verse, chapter 1 and verse 4, down to 6. Ephesians 1, verse 4, down to 6. says, Just as He chose us in Him, that's the Father, just as the Father chose us in Jesus, excuse me, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Church, the love of God 
full of grace to the to the to the praise of the glory of his grace made us accepted he adopted us in his grace and in his love and then and then he starts to change us he doesn't wait for us to become holy and without blame he adopts us he accepts us as we come to him we say jesus i come to you as i am and he receives you then and there but then the grace of god and the goodness of God goes to work on us. And as we get to, to understand this love of God, our hearts of stone are turned into hearts of flesh. And our want to change us. We want to please the Father because He's just so darn good. Because He has just been so good to us. Not to earn His love, but because He has lavished it upon us. And so God receives us. The love of God is part of the solution. He is part of the solution in my life. He's part of the solution in your life. He doesn't wait for you to clean up your act and then love you a little bit more. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, church. If God's been really good to you and you know you haven't been living right, don't think it's a reward. Come on. It's His goodness. He's leading you back to repentance. Turn back to Him. Turn back to Him. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. His plan and purpose is that we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus. But he accepts us as we are. He lavishes his love upon us, church. We need to get this into our hearts, into our minds, into our very souls so that we can give it away. Then we can't look at Ephesians without looking at Ephesians 3, verses 14 down to 19. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. There's one of these most beautiful prayers in the Bible. The Apostle Paul praying. And he says, Ephesians 3 verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit. There's his Holy Spirit again. Through his Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, not rooted and grounded in faith or in good works, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, to understand, to get a grasp with all the saints. What is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes mere human knowledge, church, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God? Guys, do you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? we got to get to know the love of Christ, this love of Christ that, that abides in us by the Holy Spirit. He has poured out his love to us. You know, I just love this. I think this is just one of those, those real warm scriptures. There's another scripture in Ephesians that says that, you know, before we came to Christ, we were in the world without hope and without God. But he's now brought us near through the blood of Jesus. And he brings us into this family. And he is the father. That's why I don't like these He's father. He's not daddy. He's not, he is our father. He's got his arms around his family. He's taken us from this lonely, dark place, of this cold place and stony heart, and put us into this family of his. And he's got his arms around his family, providing for, protecting, loving his family. This is the love of God. We need to get this out and get this stuff on the inside of us and be filled with all the fullness of God. Talk about his acceptance. You know what? We can't do so, we can't we can't talk about the love of God and acceptance, the acceptance he has for us without looking at Psalm 139. It just wouldn't be right. Psalm 139 and the first 
six verses. Psalm 139, verses 1 to 6. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. Would that be scary if we walked into church on a Sunday morning and all your thoughts were up there on the overhead and everyone could read exactly what you were thinking? How much would we like that? God understands your thoughts afar off. <laughs> he comprehends my path and my lying down. He's acquainted with all my ways. There isn't a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. He knows what I'm going to say before I say it. He knows you so well, church. He understands you. He understands me better than we understand ourselves. Because I know with me, there's times I just don't understand myself. I think, Chris, what is the matter with you? Why do you do that? God understands. He comprehends all our ways. And then the psalmist goes on and he says, But you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. He says, such, one, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I can't attain it. Man, no wonder why. If God knows everything there is to know about you and me. And yet, and yet, church, he puts that arms around us. He puts that hedge of protection around us again and lays his hand of blessing and provision upon our lives. What an amazing God. What an amazing God. Come on, how can, how can the love of many grow cold in a time like this when God's word is the same yesterday, today and forever? God has not changed. He's still the God who loves you. He loves you today as much as the first day you gave your life to Jesus. He loves you as much on your best day as on your worst day. Come on, we, our love can't grow cold. Our love must grow and grow and we must be giving it away. We want to be bearing good fruit, lots of edible fruit for the world, okay? So... We get this love into our hearts. We get this understanding of the love of God into our hearts. And now, point two, we go and bear fruit of this love that, that we abide in. We cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that this love that's in us is made evident to the world outside of us. John 15, verses 16 and 17. John 15, verses 16 and 17. Jesus speaking says, You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. I command you that you love one another. You know, from John 13 right through to, to this point uh, in John 15. Jesus has been speaking along this one theme, and it's this theme that's related to abide in me, abide in my word, abide in my love, bear good fruit, keep my commandments, love one another. And he introduces the person of the Holy Spirit to the disciples, because bear in mind, this is before Jesus was crucified, it's before the Holy Spirit was poured out on the, on the day of Pentecost. And uh, he's telling them, he said, Listen, guys, it's for your benefit that I'm going to go away because when I go away, I can send the Holy Spirit to you. And he is going to be your teacher. He's going to be your comforter. And, and he starts teaching them about the Holy Spirit. You and I, if you are a born-again child of God, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you are born again. 
And the Spirit of God has come to indwell you. You have the Spirit of God. And it's by Him that we bear this fruit. It's by Him that we walk in the Spirit. We walk with God and not in the flesh. A very important question for us, for you. Do you know that you are loved by your church? You know you're loved by God. I, I do hope so. Do you know that you are loved in church? Do you feel loved in church? Because we really ought to. We all really ought to. And if you don't, please come and talk to us. One of my first questions is going to be to you, though, and this is not to catch you out or be clever, but I would ask you, are you giving any love away? You see, it all starts with us, church. It starts with us. God has poured out his love into our hearts. And yes, there's a time of, of, of progress. I mean, from now until the end of our lives, we are going to be on a journey. And we learn this love of God. We, 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 we learn how much love God has for us. And, but what we have given, what we have received, we are supposed to freely give. Now, at times of my life, and, and it depends, you know, it's, 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 it's very easy to, to, to be bearing really good fruit when, when the season is great, when, when, the sun is run, you know, when the sun is warm and, the, and, and, and there's, there's lots of produce and, and life is good. It's easy to bear good fruit. But there's, there's winter times and there's hard times. There's times of pruning. We're not always bearing good fruit. We're in different seasons of life. But we're also always, always supposed to be giving away what we have. The measure that you have, give it away. Freely you have received, freely give. You see, we're not called to be a swamp, like I was saying. Now, if you take for an example of the church, say there's, I don't know, 40 of us in the church. Now, if I'm giving whatever amount of love I've got at that time in my life, if, I'm, if, if, if that has been evident in my life, so when you come across my path and our, our paths cross, I would hope that you are getting some of that love of God, the Spirit of God, into your life. Now, if both of us are giving away a little bit of the fruit of, of, of the Spirit in our lives to our brothers and sisters, if we are loving our brothers and sisters, well, then 38 other people are now coming across two people that are sowing love into their lives. And now three of us do that. And you see where I'm going with this? Because the point is Jesus commanded us all to love one another. It would be incredibly unfair and unjust of him to, to command us to do something we couldn't do. We have the love of God. It's by the Spirit of God. It's not something we've got to produce. We just need to cooperate with Him. And we do need to give it away. We do need to, 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 to live this life. Walk in the Spirit. Don't walk in the flesh. When, when Sandy and I were going for pre-marriage counseling, um, I always have to be careful. I always say marriage counseling. And Sandy says, we haven't gone for marriage counseling. I say, yeah, sure we did before we got married. No, no, that's pre-marriage counseling. I always get in trouble on that one. But when we went for pre-marriage counselling, the, the, our pastor always said to us, he said this one thing, he said, the, forget about this old story that is about give and take. He said it's give and give. If you want a good marriage, give and give. And I think that was really good advice. But I think I've improved on it over the years. I think it's not give and give. It's certainly not give and take. Love doesn't take. Love does give. But I think it's give and receive. We've got to learn to receive, church. We've got to learn to receive humbly, graciously when others are giving it. 
Don't be proud. Receive the love. Receive what they, they have to offer. But our focus is always on giving. And whether we're doing that in our marriage, our focus is giving and receive what our spouse has for us. But we give. In the church, we are giving. We're giving of ourselves. But we need to receive as well. So, love one another. Give away the love that's been shed abroad in your hearts. So, that's for our church. That's for our spouses. Now, take it up a notch. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. Yes, you know where we're going. 43 to 48, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus takes the ante up a whole nother level. Matthew 5, 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Jesus speaking, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Come on, isn't that what this is all about? Becoming sons of our Father in heaven. Being conformed to the image of Jesus starting to, to behave like, like a child of God, that we might be sons of our Father in heaven. Love your enemies. You know, he's not asking us to do anything he hasn't done or that he doesn't currently do. God loves his enemies. He loved us while we were yet sinners. While we were using the name of Jesus as a, as a curse word, he loved us and he came down for us. Love your enemies become as we do this we become more like our father in heaven you know what well let's go on to the next verse actually verse 46 for if you love those who love you what reward have you do not even the tax collectors do the same what reward have you excuse me what reward have you i hadn't seen this before very recently do you know what there's another place in the Gospels where Jesus says, when you're throwing a feast, when you're throwing a banquet, don't invite all your half-faluting friends and those that can repay you and invite you back to one of their dues. But go and invite all the people that are out there on the street, those that have no chance of repaying you. Invite them and throw a banquet for them, and then you'll have great reward in heaven. I think this is a very similar nature, don't you? He said, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? You see, we want to become like children of God. We want to start being sons of our Father in heaven. And I believe an aspect of this reward, I don't think it's the full thing, but I certainly think an aspect of this reward is that when we behave like God, when we, when we obey his word, something inside of us changes. We change on the inside. You see, you can't love your enemies. You can't pray for people on a daily basis. And still stay mad at them. You can't forgive them and pray for them and still hold them in unforgiveness. You are changed. We are changed when we obey the word of God. And something on the inside of us shifts. Just ever so slightly, it shifts. Those cogs, they start to move, church, as we do the word of God, as we obey the word of God. And in doing so, I believe we start to understand our Father just that little bit more intimately. Far more than we can ever know from an academic head knowledge of, of reading the Bible and studying the Bible and quoting it. But when we do the word, you know, John 
8, 31, 32 says, If you abide in my words, then you are my disciples indeed. And then, and then you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, in other words, if you do my word, if you are my disciples and you do my word, if you do his word here, if you forgive, if you love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Woo! It's difficult, church. It's not natural, but it is supernatural. You know what? We do the natural. We do what we can, and the Holy Spirit comes and He adds the super to it, and He helps us, and He helps us do this, and we are changed from the inside out. We are changed, and this is what it's all about, being transformed and conformed into the image of Jesus. He carries on, verse 47, If you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Don't even the tax collectors do so. I think it's very similar to the previous verse. He says in verse 48, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. How does Jesus measure perfection? Love. Not by how much money I put in the offering. Not by how much faith I've got. Not by, but by love. He, Jesus measures perfection by love. And not just an ordinary love. Loving your enemies. Becoming like your father. And like I say, he doesn't ask us to do anything he isn't doing himself. This agape love of God, church, isn't based on the character of the person receiving the love. It isn't based on the, on the character or the nature of the person that's, that's receiving the forgiveness. It's based on the character of the person giving it and extending the love. That's what it's all about. You are to become, and I am to become more like God, to become more like a son of God, to become more like our big brother, Jesus Christ our Lord. As we behave, as we take on his nature, as we're transformed into his image, and we give this love away. This is what the love of God is about. It's about our character being formed. Greater love has no man than this, and he laid down his life for his friends. And that is what our Lord Jesus did. He laid down his life for us. And he says in John 15, verses 9 and 10, don't turn there, but I'll just read it to you because we're kind of out of time, I'm afraid. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. That's a current day word, church. You know, Jesus said to, to, to um, Thomas, he said, yeah, you, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and yet believed. We are more blessed than these guys that were with them. So, so Jesus wasn't just speaking to them. Jesus is speaking this word to you today. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you, child of God. He says, abide in my love. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is not about earning our salvation. We're not going back under a law to keep commandments to be saved. Not at all. It's about abiding in his love, to dwell, to, to make your home in his love. And as we walk in the Spirit, as we choose to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, Keeping his ways, keeping his commandments, that fruit will be developed. It'll grow. It'll be produced on, on these branches that are, that are us. And it will grow. It will be developed. This unconditional, deliberate, intentional love of God will bring warmth to many souls. It'll change people who've got hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. And I just want to close with this. And it's from John. Uh, from John. Not at all. It's from Romans. Chapter 8. Verses 35 to 39. Romans 8, 35 to 39. And it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress 
or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Family Church Woodleville, Jesus Christ loves you. The Father loves you. The Spirit of the Father indwells you. He is your teacher. He is your comforter. Lean on Him. Lean on Him. Ask Him, Lord, when I open my Bible in the morning, will you open your word to me? Teach me. Reveal the love of God to me. Reveal your word to me. He will. He loves to do it, church. Press in to the word of God. Press in to the Spirit of God. And keep loving the Lord your God Keep loving your brothers and sisters and love your enemies. Just do it, church. Just do it. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic week. And we'll see you all on Wednesday. God bless. Bye.